Father, I thank you for the greatness of your love and your word and the great tenderness with which you surround our lives and with which you bless us and our people. Thank you, Father, for all your love, your grace, your goodness unto us through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Take your Bibles, go to the book of Galatians. Tonight I thought I would share with you the word along the line of forming Christ in you. So, and I thought tonight also would be a wonderful time to share with you what is coming up. And this again will be the great forming of Christ in people because this year we're calling, calling it God's call to love. That'll be the theme. God's call to love. And that is really forming Christ in you. The scripture verses will be Ephesians 5, 2. And I'm going to give you the literal translation according to usage and accuracy in a few minutes because this is the scripture that will be coming out in print as I will be giving it to you. And then I've set some scriptures, some chapters rather, for God's call to love. And those chapters that I have set for the Rock of Ages are 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 John chapter 4. Now this is the translation of Ephesians 5.2. Walk in love as Christ also loved you and gave up himself for you a sacrificial offering to God for a sweet-smelling fragrance. Once more, walk in love as Christ also loved you and gave up himself for you. In the King James, it's an us, right? But in the original text, it's a you. It's very personal, not just for all of us, but for you. And when you have it, You have it, you have it, all the yous have it, then us have it. Gave up himself for you, a sacrificial offering to God for a sweet-smelling fragrance. That verse is just one of the greats in the Word. It has two figures of speech in it, identical figures, but two figures of speech. And the figures of speech in the Bible are the Holy Spirit's markings, God's marking in the Word of God as to that which He he wants emphasized, that which is important, really important. There are two of them in here. They're called Hendiades. Hendiades, the figure Hendiades means uh, when two things are said, but one thing is meant. Puts, puts a doubleness, the absoluteness of it twice, the guaranteed absoluteness on it, and it's said twice, two words are used, one thing meant, but it's done even twice in this verse, so it's doubly double established in this particular verse. The words, of course, are, Christ loved you and gave himself. 
when he loved you, he gave himself. The loved you includes the giving of himself. And the second one is an offering and sacrifice to God. An offering is a what? Sacrifice. That's why those two figures are really significant in it. So it looks to me like we're going to have an abundance of scripture to work through the rock of ages this year, doesn't it? On God's call to love. Well, this Christ formed in you is in Galatians chapter 4. Bless your heart. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again, until Christ be what? Formed in you. You and I know that to have Christ in you, the hope of glory, is not something that man does by works. For we're not saved by works, we're saved by what? Grace. Not of works lest any man should boast. So if there's going to be a forming of something, that has to be works. And this is not spoken to the unbeliever, it is spoken to the one who is already a Christian, a believer. And you and I know when someone is a believer, he has Christ where? In him. Christ in you. Colossians 1, 27, is it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. So that doesn't need to be formed. That's already there. And it's already told to you in the opening part of the verse where it says, my little what? Children. My little children. (laughs) If you have a child, you no longer have to think about heaven when you got one. If you have Christ in you, you no longer have to think about it. You got it, right? Okay, he's talking here to believers who still need to do something. The same as a little child's born, it needs to do something. The one thing this little child needs to do is grow up. It's all in that little package when it's delivered, you know, seven pounds, six pounds, nine pounds, twelve pounds, however you came poundage-wise. It was all in that package. Every potential, everything regarding your life was in that little package. Then you had to grow up. You had to develop through adolescence, through youth, into adulthood. Now, when you're born again of God's Spirit, having Christ in you, that's the new birth. That's eternal life. That's to be born again. That is to be born just like the first birth is a a birth. It's born. The second birth is a birth. It's born. Now it has to be formed in you. Has to be formed in you. And he was saying here that he travailed in birth again. The travail is like the, 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 the suffering pangs of a woman on delivery. When the first indication of the birth of the baby comes, those moments are not every two minutes. They takes time. 
then finally when it's almost the delivery's there, it's just constant, and there all at once is the newborn baby formed. Now that's what he's talking about. Once you're a Christian, born again of God's Spirit, those of us who teach and work with people, we have to get to them all the time. And they build this word of God in their life, in their mind. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in whom. That is the forming. The forming is renewed mind. Now, if you look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in what? Grace. Second Peter 3.18 Grow in grace. Now wait a minute. Grace is perpendicular, unmerited. God down. Looks like a contradiction, doesn't it? To the average mind, but not to those who have spiritual understanding. To grow in grace is to grow in the knowledge of the word of God that God, by grace, makes these things known. That's what it's talking about. Growing grace in the knowledge, the knowledge of our Lord, of our Lord. All the grace that God has given, it's renewed mind, putting on the mind of Christ. Knowledge, grow in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This great truth of forming Christ in you is also in Colossians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause, Colossians 1, 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. We are filled with his presence, with his birth, Christ in us, the hope of glory, but we have to grow up, you understand? We have to mature, we have to develop, we have to have Christ to be formed in our minds. The reason you have to have Christ to be formed in your mind is because your mind controls your action. This is where you do your thinking, not in your tootsies, do it in your head. That's why it has to be formed up here that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his what? Will. That word filled, that word filled is the word plerako. Look, here's a glass. It has water in it, but it's not full. Filled. That word filled is plerako in the Greek, which means filled to capacity. Filled full to capacity. There's another word in the Greek that is also translated filled. It is the word plato, which means filled to overflowing. If I poured water in here, it'd first have to get full because before it could what? Overflow. But if it would overflow, it still would be full, but it'd be full overflowing. Now this word here is means to be filled to capacity plump full with his what 
knowledge, with the knowledge of God's will. Now, people, how are you ever going to get the knowledge of God's will? From the what? The Word of God. There is no other way to know the will of God outside of the Word of God, sir. Right now they're playing baseball in Kansas City. World Series. <laughs> hey, what a rule book. Man, we're smart, aren't we? <laughs> if you're going to play in God's league, if you're going to play in God's league, if you're going to be a believer, a Christian, who's rule book? God, people, it's so simple. If you want to know the will of baseball, you read the baseball rule book. The word of God rule book. The baseball rule book. <laughs> People, this, this is so simple and hardly anybody's ever dared to believe it. Much less talk about it. If you want to know the will of God, you're going to have to go where? The word of God. You want to know the will of baseball, you go to baseball rule book. I've taught this so often, someday somebody's going to believe it. <laughs> Try it. That's what it's talking about. Filled with the knowledge of his what? Will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a biggie, isn't it? Boy. For what reason? Verse 10. That you, ye is you, that you, might walk worthy of the Lord. Because that's the reason you put the forming of Christ in you so that you can walk according to that. You can do the will of God because you know the word of God. And if you then desire to walk, you can walk worthy. Because the walk is your decision to live the word. It is you making up your mind to walk according to the word. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all what? Pleasing. So you can please God. Being fruitful. Production. Producing something. Fruit is production. See the apple trees out here? The kids haven't picked them all. There's still fruit on them. See? Fruit. Fruit. Fruit is good works in here, walking according to the word of God, having formed Christ in your mind, in your life. And then it says, and increasing. That word increasing literally in the text means growing up. Growing up. Through the years I felt so sorry for people time and time again. I see them in evangelistic meetings that Men conduct, they come to the altar, they get saved, but where's the growing up? Somehow or other, you just turn them loose, say, well, thank God they're born again, give them a gospel of John, and send them on their way. People, that's stupid. You don't have a baby born and thank God for the birth of the baby and give them one bottle and say goodbye. <laughs> have to be a H of a big bottle. And who's going to put it in their mouth? Take somebody, 
See, the believers have never been taught God's word. They've never been brought up. They've never been babied. They have never taught how to form Christ. They've never done this for them. This is what we do in our ministry. Our whole ministry of research and teaching is to grow people up. Basically, our ministry is to the little children, the born-again ones. Sure, we get people born again every week in our ministry, but that is not the primary purpose of our ministry. The primary purpose of our ministry is a teaching ministry of growing people up to get Christ formed in their mind so they know who they are, what they are, and where they're going. With Christ in them, the hope of glory. It's a wonderful ministry. And it grows people up. That's the word increase. Increase. Increasing is growing up in the knowledge of what? That's our ministry. That's our job. That's our responsibility. I didn't come up here tonight to give you a a late news report of what's going on in Kansas City. Matter of fact, I don't know. But I know the World Series on. But, I don't tell you about world governments, all that stuff. That's not our ministry. Our ministry, whenever we have God's people there, our ministry is to grow them up so that Christ can be formed in them. So that Christ can be formed in them. That you can move out of the little child category into the adulthood of God's word where you can stand strong meat instead of just milk. Most people never get through the milk stage. They're babies all their life. They live off of somebody else's believing, somebody else's sayings regarding God. They never quite come to the Word of God themselves and really grow up and handle it, which you can do because of the teaching of the Word. Growing up in the knowledge of what? God. Growing up in the knowledge of God. Look at Ephesians. Go back a few pages. Ephesians has this same great truth, people. Ephesians 2.10. I told you earlier that we're saved by grace. That's verse 8. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his, what? Workmanship. Sure, we're God's, what? Workmanship. Created in whom? Right. Unto, now here is the the growing up part. Unto what? Good works. Two things in that verse. Tremendous. We're God's workmanship. That's real easy to understand too. The first time I'm born, I'm the workmanship of my daddy and mommy, my father and my mother. When I am born again, I am the workmanship of whom? God. I'm the workmanship of God. Now, being my first birth, my first birth, did my father and mother love me? They sure did. My mother had to feed me, pants me, take care of me. Dad had to supply the money, all that stuff. That's all love. That's right. And all through my life, as long as they lived, they loved me. People, how much more 
our heavenly father must be interested in us than even our earthly father and mother. At least as much, right? If my earthly father loved me more than my heavenly father, then my earthly father should have been God by sheer logic. My earthly father never enjoyed when I was sick. My earthly father never wanted me sick. And yet I was taught many years ago that my heavenly father made people sick whom he really loved. I was taught that and I believed that. You know why I believed it? Because you can't go beyond what you're taught. And I was taught that, not from the Word of God, but from men who taught around the Word of God. And I believed it. But by sheer logic, sir, if your earthly daddy doesn't want you sick because he loves you, certainly your heavenly father wouldn't want you sick because he what? Boy, oh boy, when are we going to believe God, his Word? It's really something. We are his workmanship, God's workmanship. Do you think God loves what he did? Sure he loves you. You're his workmanship. A daddy loves his child. God's the father. We are his children. He loves us. Do you think he wants the best for you this week? He sure does. Next week too. He always wants the best for his children. The only way you can not receive it is to live outside of fellowship. Where you tell your earthly father, look, dad, you may be my father, but you go stick it. Then your earthly father can do what? Nothing about it. Likewise with God, people. If you tell God to go stick it, then God Almighty cannot do anything. He's your father, understand? We are his workmanship people. Which God hath before ordained that we should do what? Walk in them. Good works. We don't do good works to get saved, but because we are saved, we form Christ in us and do the works which he'd have us to do, which is simply carrying out the will of what? That's right. Boy, isn't this wonderful? Look at Second Corinthians. Bless your heart. <laughs> Almost could get excited about it. Very few people believe this. It's too big, they say. Well, we got a big God. We ought to start believing pretty soon. Second Corinthians 6 on... We then, as workers together with him, and that with him is properly supplied, meaning together with him, God, the last noun used in verse 21, previous chapter. We then are workers together with him, with God. Working together with God. I had an earthly father. I worked together with my father. God is my father spiritually. Working together with the father. Sort of interesting, isn't it? 
that you and I are workers together with God. This makes us more than conquerors. This makes us super conquerors. It makes us for the more than abundant life people. It's really something. We're workers together with God. Who's ever dared to believe that? The God who created the heavens and the earth set the stars in their courses. He's not a little peanut God, people. He's God Almighty, right? And we're working with Him, and He loves us. Man, what a life you've got. What a ministry you've got. What a day to be alive, to be able to move as a son of God, as a daughter of God, with the power of God in you, with Christ formed in your mind, knowing the word of God so you can carry out the will of God. Workers together with God. You see, people, what you confess with your mouth is what you ultimately manifest in your life. You have to start confessing what the word says you are. Worker together with God, you got to confess it. That's how it's formed in your mind. How, how do you form anything in your mind? By putting it up there. And repetition is the art of remembrance and learning. I learn a poem. I, I put it in my mind, but I don't know it necessarily the first time I read it. So what do I do? Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. Till finally I know it that I can give it verbatim, extemporaneously. It's formed in my mind. Christ be formed in you. Christ be formed. And Paul said in the word of God that he had like birth pains so that Christ could be formed. Understand that. I sometimes hurt so badly inside because I want you to have so much of God and I don't know how to give you anymore. And I hurt inside. Wish I could do more for you. Wish I could pour it in you in a funnel or something. <laughs> but you cannot do that until people open their hearts and lives and are willing to just sit and listen and work the word. We're workers together with whom? God. See? It's Christ in you. And in the forming of Christ in your mind, walking in alignment and harmony, you are in Christ. Christ in you is the new birth. You in Christ is your fellowship, your walk. And that walk comes from knowing the word of God, learning the word of God, which then makes known the will of God. No man will ever know the will of God without knowing the word of God. That's growing up in him. That is putting on the mind of Christ. That is renewed mind. We talk about this year being a year of call to service. Many people interpret that only on this level. I don't interpret it on this level. I call it in service. The call to service is to get to know God's word. 
and getting to know God this way, service this way, so that I can more effectively serve this way on a horizontal level. The call to service, sir, is perpendicular first, horizontal second. That's why I thought I'd teach you this tonight and show this to you, that no man ever rises beyond his confession. And if your confession is right on the Word of God and you keep confessing that, saying it, believing it in your heart and life, it comes into manifestation. God is our Father. We are workers together with Him. And we have to work to form Christ in our minds. You believers that are out there witnessing, you have to so witness that you form Christ in their minds. And the way you do that is show them the Word. For the Word of God is what? That's how simple it is. Okay? Thank you, Father, for the beautiful night together. And thank you for your love, your grace, your goodness. And thank you, Father, for again allowing me to open the word to your wonderful people here on this Sunday night at International. In the wonderful name of our living Lord and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.